I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. You're listening to the Circe Podcast Network. I'm Joshua Gibbs, and this is Proverbial, the podcast where we explore the wisdom of the ages as it comes to us in Proverbs, by which I mean the wise sayings a man may live by, if he's not so arrogant as to think himself special. Episode 112, The Proverbial Guide to Christmas Gift-Giving. Today's proverb is unattributed. I'll read it twice. It's the thought that counts. Once more, it's the thought that counts. This is a proverb which is commonly associated with gift giving. More particularly, it's a proverb associated with lame gift giving. Often enough, Before I get too much further into this, though, I should open with two disclaimers about gifts. First, I want to say small gifts can be fantastic. A $5 Starbucks gift card is a fine little present. Nothing wrong with it. Nothing wrong with giving someone a $5 Starbucks gift card. Second, second disclaimer. Homemade presents can be nice. I have given a lot of homemade gifts in my life. I have received and enjoyed a lot of homemade gifts in my life. I think a little jar of homemade jam is a really nice gift, especially if it's homemade cherry jam and the cherries came from your backyard or whatever fruit tree you have in your backyard. Homemade cherry jam is a nice gift for anyone. And it doesn't cost a lot, but it takes... A certain amount of time, a fair amount of time probably, and it tastes good, and you can't make homemade cherry jam for everyone because there aren't enough cherries for that. 
Which means that if someone gives you homemade cherry jam as a gift, you should be grateful. If you gave me homemade cherry jam as a gift, I would be very grateful. Now, these two disclaimers out of the way. I want to spend a while talking about gift giving. Well, I want to talk about this proverb. It's the thought that counts. But this is a proverb about gift giving. And it's a proverb that you're going to hear in the next month. Maybe it's even a proverb that you're going to speak in the next month. And I'd like to argue that there are occasions where it is fitting to say it's the thought that counts. But that there are also occasions where it is a moral imperative that you not say it's the thought that counts. There are wrong circumstances, wrong situations for this proverb. Situations where this proverb is a corruption of the truth, not a revelation of the truth. There are a few different occasions in which a person says it's the thought that counts. Actually, there's two situations where we say this. It depends on what end of the lousy gift you're on. But either end of the giving of a lousy gift are the occasions when someone says it's the thought that counts. We say it's the thought that counts when we open a present that we don't want or we don't need. We say it's the thought that counts because the present doesn't count. And there's a handful of reasons why the present might not count, why it doesn't do anything for you. But it's the thought that counts is an attempt to sort of rebuild the character of the person who's given the lousy gift. And in that way, it's the thought that counts is a thing that you say when the person who gave the lousy gift or the ineffectual gift is not present, right? Um, you would never look at someone who gave you a lousy gift and say, it's the thought that counts. That's just a dismissal, a frank dismissal of the value of the gift altogether. We say it's the thought that counts when we're genuinely disappointed in something that someone has given us, when it just doesn't help us at all, when it doesn't delight us at all. Maybe even when the gift seems sort of out of touch with who we are. It's the thought that counts. We want to feel kindly towards people that give us gifts. And when they give us lame gifts, we say, it's the thought that counts. I was remembered. I was thought of. Feels good to be thought of. So when you open up a lame present on Christmas morning, you say it's the thought that counts, and you think better of the gift giver. And under those kind of circumstances, it's the thought that counts means, well, every human being knows hundreds of people, has hundreds of friends and acquaintances, and you can't buy gifts for all of them. And the fact that I made the cut ought to be enough for me. The fact that I was thought of, even though this gift is really... Um, unnecessary or just unfitting for me. Like somebody buys you something huge and you have a tiny little apartment and they don't know that. You're like, well, it's a thought that counts. And you feel good, right? You, you, you feel as though you're loved when you say it's the thought that counts. Given that, you were remembered. Now, I think that 
that sort of sentiment is sometimes necessary. It's often allowable. But I don't believe that every single person is always obligated to say that or feel that way when they open a bad gift. I don't believe that we are obligated to be grateful for absolutely anything that anyone ever gives us. And I, I don't think that I don't think that most people do. Uh, I don't think that most people believe that either. I think most people acknowledge that gratitude for a gift is usually appropriate, but you can probably imagine some circumstances, you're creative, you can imagine some circumstances where gratitude is an unfitting response for a gift. And I, I want to think further about that um, as, I, as we move through this consideration of it's the thought that counts. So the idea that you could receive a gift and not be grateful for it, and maybe even not be required to be grateful for it, um, I think that that's an idea that rubs a lot of people the wrong way, just on the surface of it. Even if you can imagine circumstances, if you stop and think about it, where gratitude would be inappropriate for a certain gift, I think the idea that you should be grateful for whatever anybody gives you for Christmas, just on average, is so deeply ingrained that, that we often find ourselves working through this around the holidays. We find ourselves pouring over the matter of whether gratitude is required. Do I have to feel thankful for this horribly inconsiderate gift I was given? Somebody did sacrifice $18 for me, but this gift is just all wrong. And maybe you receive a gift that seems so wrong for you. You wonder if it was really intended for someone else and you think when you open it, I don't think this person knows me at all. And I think that we know each other well enough that this kind of gift should obviously have not been a consideration for the person that gave it to me. And we wonder, like, in the midst of all of this, am I just, oh, you know, some horrible sinner? Am I some complete ingrate because I questioned the propriety of a gift? I think a lot of people are sentimental and they're even more sentimental around Christmas time. And, you know, they're also more forgiving around Christmas time. And, and if there's any time of year when you're in the right frame of mind to receive a lousy gift, it's probably Christmas time. Um, because, you know, you receive a lousy gift and you can't not think about all the lousy gifts you've given other people. You think about how little you've really given God. How little you tithe, relatively speaking, and you consider the profound humility and generosity, liberality, clemency of God. You're like, who am I to complain about a gift that someone gives me? Give me whatever you want. Um, and that, you know that's often where that's often where these considerations turn up, right? They turn up with a reasonable person uh, considering just the sort of general sinful ingratitude that permeates 
the lives of most American Christians. All of the stupendous gifts that we have. And you think, I really have a problem with ingratitude. This is probably the not, not the right time of year to begin picking apart motives for giving gifts. And so you just let it slide. Now, uh, in many cases, that train of reflection is warranted. But that's when you're on the receiving end of a lousy gift. And you say it's the thought that counts. There's also using the proverb, it's the thought that counts, to defend yourself for or when buying a lousy gift for someone. But the fact that it's sometimes pious to say it's the thought that counts when you open a lousy present doesn't mean that it's ever allowable to say it's the thought that counts when buying a lousy present for someone else. As a matter of fact, if you say it's the thought that counts when you buy a lousy present for a friend, you're a lousy friend. It is never allowable to say it's the thought that counts when buying a lousy gift. Why? Well, because it's the thought that counts. And not every gift is thoughtful, right? It's possible, if it's possible, to give a thoughtful gift, it's also possible to give a thoughtless gift. And the reference to thought here is not just the the palest, most basic remembrance of someone. That's not what the proverb is about. It's the thought that counts. It's the deep consideration that counts. The thought is all that counts, right? Which means if there's not much thought in it, then it doesn't count much. Every gift isn't thoughtful. A thoughtful gift is a gift which represents a real sacrifice or deep consideration and understanding of the person that you're buying the gift for. A thoughtful gift is one that we arrive at by mentally walking a mile in the shoes of the person that we're going to give it to. We study them. We love them with our intellects and with our imaginations. We consider their tastes. And out of all of those considerations, we buy a gift. That's a thoughtful gift. It's the thought that counts. A thoughtless gift implies no real sacrifice, either in time or money. Now, money isn't a gift which requires imagination, but it does entail sacrifice, at least at a certain dollar figure. A thoughtful gift may not be expensive, but if it's perfectly suited to the recipient, then it's generous. Why? Because it requires an abundance of consideration. Here's a confession. I've given some thoughtless gifts in my life. And I've received some. I imagine that we all have. Now, I want to say that thoughtless gifts, I've given some thoughtless gifts. Thoughtless gifts is the right turn of phrase in one sense. But in another sense, it's really not quite right. Because the bad gifts or the lousy gifts that I've given weren't exactly thoughtless. It's just that the thought that I put into them was not 
thought which concerned the recipient. I've given some thoughtless gifts or some bad gifts, and they were bad because they were overly calculated. And they were calculated to do one thing. All of it, like the worst gifts I've ever given. The gifts that I've given that I'm embarrassed today to have given. I've given some gifts that, you know, had some thought that went into them. And I just misjudged the person that I was giving the gift to. And I've done that with my wife before. Um, I don't remember how long ago it was now, eight or nine years. We have a budget for Christmas presents. And I spent almost the entirety of my budget for my wife's gift on a book. And I honestly thought when I gave her this gift that she was going to be just overwhelmed by it. (laughs) Absolutely not the case. She opened it. And it was obviously um, feigned excitement. She was very polite. But I knew within like two minutes this this just didn't turn out. So I don't I don't think of that gift as a lousy gift. Like I was not trying to um, con her or anything like that. Um, And I've given I mean, I've also given some gifts that I realized in retrospect were just not expensive enough, right? I think that's one of the, you know, one of the greatest embarrassments um, in any gift-giving scheme is giving a gift to someone and then thinking, I don't think I spent enough on this. Like, there's no worse feeling when you're handing someone a gift than to think, I think I spent too little on this. And I, I think the fact that I spent too little on it is going to be very plain for both of us to see the second that the paper comes off of us. So I've given some some ineffectual gifts like that. I've given some gifts that didn't accomplish what I wanted them to. But um, but I don't have great regret over those gifts. There is a certain kind of gift. There's a certain kind of gift which I believe to be genuinely sinful to give. And I, I once spent, I don't remember how long ago it was, maybe a year or two, I once spent an entire episode of this, um, of this podcast just talking about this phenomenon in American culture that I would be really surprised if this phenomenon has, has lasted for all that long. Um, you know, I, I think that this phenomenon is probably less than 50 years old. It's a, it's a distinct feature um of of capitalist societies and here it is this is a this is the kind of present that i think it's genuinely sinful to give and which i think is an is a far more common sort of gift than than anyone really wants to admit i think the worst sort of gift to give is a sort of gift that is calculated to look more expensive than it actually is There it is. If you've ever gone out looking for a gift that looks more expensive than it is, you're arrogant. That's arrogance, pure and simple. If you want to look like you care more than you do, 
That is proud and that's arrogance. That's sinful arrogance. Um, and, and oftentimes I think we haven't admitted to ourselves that we want the gift to look more expensive than it does. Um, we say, I want to find something nice and I want to get a good deal on it. And we say these things as a way of covering over the fact that we want to give a gift that costs less than $10, which might, we think, look like it costs between 20 and 30. I would be, I would be shocked if the numbers were actually run. I would be shocked if less than 25% of the presents given for Christmas did not, in America these days, did not meet this standard um, or did were not purchased with this goal in mind. I need it to look more expensive than it is. I've done it before. I'll admit it. I have purchased gifts that I have even gone out looking for them. And you even, oftentimes, you even have like this dollar figure in your head. It's, just, it's, a, it's a remarkable sort of thing. I, I, I doubt... I doubt any psychologist has really gotten into this, but it would be fascinating to know the thoughts of a person going out to look for a gift that looks more expensive than it actually is. As in how expensive do you want it to look? Um, and what makes you think that the person opening the gift will think that it costs that amount, right? Like if you're in the store and you're looking at something and it costs $10 and you're, you're trying to put yourself in the mind of the person opening it, when does a gift get to that point where you're like, this could conceivably be $20? Why would you think that the person opening the gift bought that? There was a time in my life when I thought, and you could, I was in my 20s at the time, there was a time when I thought that other people believed that wines with sleek, sexy labels were more expensive, or that they were on the more expensive end. And those were the kind of wines that I looked for when I was going over to someone's house and I had to bring a bottle of wine. You may also have gone out looking for these wines before. I mean, a, like a $12 bottle of wine which has just the right label that it might pass for 20 or 30. Now, when you don't know a lot about wine, you assume that other people don't know much about wine either. The more you know about wine, the more you can spot a $12 bottle from across the room. Um, wines with sleek, sexy labels tend to not be very good. Uh, of course, in, when, you know, when you're in, in your 20s uh, and you're you're looking for a bottle of wine to bring over to someone's house, uh, you know, you're looking for some kind of like avant-garde label with some gold foil on it. It's kind of nice matte, you know, blue matte finish, um, you know, the, the, the sort of wine that has a name uh, like it might be the name of a record by a dream pop band like like something that like not like chateau landon you're like no 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 no. that's all wrong first of all there's no 12 dollar bottle from uh chateau landon 
if you're going to get a $12 bottle um, that you think is going to pass for 20 or 30, you're probably buying a bottle with a label like, um, you know, Beach Dream or something like that. Something that sounds very new, right? Uh, whereas when you look at, you know, the best wines in the world, like the, I swear they all have like these super boring labels. It's the name of the it's the name of the chateau that they come from uh, with like white scripty lettering and nothing else interesting on them at all. They're like there's not a bunch of gold foil or anything like that. That's the good stuff right there. But there was this time in my life when I was always looking for the $12 bottles that I thought other people would think might be between 20 and 30. And that's just pure arrogance, right? Like to, to go out, I'm not saying like, it's a sin to bring a $12 bottle of wine to somebody's house, but to go out looking for a bottle, looking for a label that uh, that could that you think will be confused for something that entails more sacrifice and generosity on your part because you want to be thought of as generous even though you're not, that's arrogance, right? It on on that same token, like not just with wine, it is remarkable how many people and this was what I had an entire episode of the show devoted to uh, in the last year or two. It's remarkable how many people believe that TJ Maxx is their little secret or Marshalls or Home Goods. There's 4,000 of those stores in this country. And we've all been in them before. We've all looked through the kitchen section. We've all seen the $6 bottle of black truffle oil. Or the $5 box of imported Belgian chocolates. We've all seen that stuff. Everyone in the middle class knows how to spot food from TJ Maxx. It's not your little secret. <laughs> you may as well think of Old Navy as your little secret. You may as well think of the gas station as your little secret. The $6 bottle of black truffle oil that you bought in the kitchen section of Marshall's is not fooling anybody. No one is tricked. Everyone clocks that as a $6 TJ Maxx gift. Now, again, there is nothing wrong with giving a $6 TJ Maxx gift. But there is something wrong in looking for something that appears more expensive than it really is. If you get a gift that was selected to look more expensive than it is, if someone gives you a gift that was selected to look more expensive, I don't know that gratitude is necessary. I don't know that it's appropriate. There are plenty of reasons to not be grateful for a gift. Some gifts are inappropriate. If your wife's boss gets her a negligee for her birthday, she doesn't have to be thankful for that. She shouldn't be thankful for that. That's a red flag. That's not a gift. That's a, that's a warning sign. Gifts tear down walls. And there's a lot of walls that need to remain intact. If a man buys his secretary a $3,000 diamond tennis bracelet for Christmas, she doesn't have to be thankful for that. No thanks are necessary. She can throw that at his nose if she wants to while it's still in the box. That's inappropriate. That's a predatory gift. Right? There's... There's always free cheese in a mousetrap. You don't have to. The mouse isn't required to be grateful for the cheese in the middle of a mousetrap. That's just naive. Some gifts are inappropriate. There's scores of reasons why a gift may be inappropriate. 
Some gifts are bribes. Some bribes are hard to discern. Some gifts are meant to silence us or to intimidate us. If a man buys his wife a pipe for her birthday, she doesn't have to pretend it's a real gift. I say that you're not required to be grateful for just anything that someone wraps and hands to you. For this reason, there are benefits to being thought of as a gift giver. There are social benefits. There are, there's cultural capital that comes along with being thought generous. And because of that, there are people who want to be thought of as generous who don't want to suffer the pains of generosity. It's painful to be generous with time or money. And if you want to escape the pain of real generosity so that you can uh, bask in the glory of being thought generous, other people need to be on their guard of you. You're not to be trusted. It's the thought that counts as something which is fitting to say. I guess it kind of, you know, gets around to this. Okay, if those are the occasions when it's not right to say it. Like on what, what occasion do you say it's the thought that counts? I think it's fitting to say this when real thought has gone into a gift that someone has given you, even though the gift doesn't work out for some reason. So if someone buys you something that you already have, and they have no way of knowing that you already have it, you might be genuinely impressed by the thought behind the gift, even if the gift has no material effect on your life, no material benefit for you. Or, so, I mean, someone might buy you tickets to a show that you can't see because you're going to be out of town that night. But it's a show that you would have really loved to see. And when there's real thought put into a gift, it's the thought that counts is a joy to say. And to really mean it. We feel loved when we're understood. Or when we know that someone wants to understand us better. So there may be times when you don't know someone well. But you do love them. And you give them money as a way of telling them that you want to know them better. And there's also this sort of delightful implication there. That maybe next time I give you a gift... If I come to know you better, I won't have to give you money. I can give you something that you really want. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well. HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. 
Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.